Hey, welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast brought to you by CloudSpot, the easiest way to deliver and sell your photos online. Guess what? We have another community spotlight interview for you today. This is my opportunity to interview you, a member of the Beginner Photography Podcast community, just to learn more about you, your struggles, and why you love this crazy thing that we do called photography. Now, today I am interviewing community member Sheila Bragg. So over the past few months uh, that Sheila has been in the group, not only has she been an active member posting photos and asking questions, but she's also been helping out others as well with their photo questions that they have. Now, I found that in the community, it's it's a whole lot easier to get an idea of how long somebody has been shooting just by the questions that, that they ask rather than the photos that they post. And looking at Sheila's images, I would have guessed that she's been shooting longer than she has, which I think just goes to show her excitement to jump in and just soak up as much information that she can about photography so that she can use it. And I see some amazing things coming for Sheila. And remember, if you want to be a part of the friendliest place on the internet for photographers to share photos, ask questions, grow their skills, well, then come join us in the Beginner Photography Podcast community by heading over to beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. Again, beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. And that'll take you right there. So with that, let's go ahead and get on into this interview with Sheila Bragg. Sheila, I start this off uh, real easy. I just want to know who it is that you are and when did you know that photography was going to play an important role in your life? So I am Sheila Bragg and always, I always have uh, my grandfather and my great uncle and my great-grandfather started a portrait studio. I don't know when they started it, probably in the 80s. And um, I didn't know them really well. We moved away when I was eight months old, but I would spend my summers in Ohio. And with my cousin, we would be at the studio all the time. I spent the most time with her, and I swear, you know, we just were in the studio always. Growing up, I had, you know, little disposable cameras or digital cameras I always took pictures um, of everything. I think one year my mom, she got some film developed for me. There was maybe about 80 film canisters. And that was like my whole Christmas present. She just got all of my film developed (laughs) for me. (laughs) And I just had this huge box of pictures and some of them were nothing. But of course, you know, they were just of everything. Um, You know, cell phone cameras made it really convenient to take pictures and uh, I used to deliver pizzas and I would see something cool and I not with people's pizza in the car, obviously, but like <laughs> on the way back, I would see something cool and I would stop, maybe take an extra 10 minutes <laughs> to get back to the store and shh, don't tell anybody, um, take pictures of sunsets or pretty flowers or bushes or just anything unique. Um, but I didn't start learning about aperture and shutter speed. I knew they existed, but I didn't actually wrap my head around it until I found your podcast. Um, I had been trying for probably like six months, you know, off and on, like I'm very busy. My mom passed in January. So I um, was taking care of her and I was even busier than I am now. But, you know, I had been trying to like wrap my head around it because my first real camera that I have, I've had for two years and I've played with it here and there, but I just couldn't I couldn't figure out how to shoot manual. And then I found your podcast, actually. And it was the first time somebody had put it in a way that made sense to me. And I was like, wow, I understand. And immediately I could shoot manual. And um, 
changing my settings was it was almost like nothing. Like everything I had the knowledge in there. So once it clicked, like it really clicked. Um and it was quick. So now I can go out and I can play with it. It's just remembering to change it. Because of course, when you're looking through a little hole, right? You're seeing what you see and you can't always tell when it's too dark mm-hmm. until the picture pops up. So um, like even today I was out there and I was like, oh, look at this, you know, and I would take a picture and then it would come up and I'm like, oh, it's dark. And I would, you know, change my shutter speed or just adjust a setting here and there. And I can do it now without looking at the camera. Um, you know, I don't have to think about what to do to make it perfectly exposed. Uh, today I played around with, you know, not exposing my photos on purpose. Like maybe I wanted it to be darker because I would take the picture perfectly exposed. And I'm like, that's not what I wanted it to look like. Mm. You know, I didn't want it to look this bright. I wanted it to be darker. Um, so that was really fun. But always, I always knew that I loved photography. All my life, people are like, you should, you know, take pictures. You should be a photographer. But I never took it seriously until I quit my degree program. And you know. So then uh, I'm always interested in, in people who uh, grew up with a, uh, a visual interest in photography uh, and then continue on, you know, until, until adulthood. Uh, what was it that, you know, you said that you had the camera, right? You had it for two years and you finally decided that you wanted to learn how to use it. Why did you get that camera in the first place? And, and what happened to it then uh, that made you sit on it for, for so long until recently to pick it up again and start shooting? So he got it for me for Christmas because I wanted to take pictures. But it was um, a little before that that my mom had gotten sick. And then life got very hectic, very crazy. I took care of her. So um, Mm. just took up a lot of time, which was fine. But, you know, I just didn't have a lot of time to spend. So that's kind of why it took me until now to really get back into it. But um, I read a book called The Puma Years. And I didn't. I read Kindle on my phone and I didn't realize the book was real until I got to the very end and it was like, Oh, here's the pictures of all the animals and took place in an animal sanctuary. Here's a picture of all the animals and come visit us and support us. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like everything I've read really happened and it's a real place and I can really go there. I've kind of just been stuck on my little sandbar all of my life. And I just want to get out and see the world and I want to be able to take pictures of those things and, So I kind of have a 10-year goal to establish myself as a photographer. I'm not in a hurry. Um, I don't need to do it quickly. I don't need to, you know, making money is nice, but it's not my goal. I don't need to make money doing it. Um, I just made my Facebook page maybe last week. And I made my cloud spot so I could maybe share some of my location pictures and see if anybody wants to buy prints, which would be cool. Um, But... I just want to establish myself in 10 years so that I can do a little traveling and have some kind of passive income. And I feel like 10 years is a really reasonable goal (laughs) in the next 10 years. I should be able to, you know, do really well if I practice for 10 years. So, you know, that's it really. I guess that's my drive, my 10 year goal. My kid, my youngest will be 18 in nine years. So um, by the time she's 18, I want to do three months in Bolivia mm-hmm. and volunteer, kind of chronicle my time there. And then after that, I want to live in a van down by the river and <laughs> travel <laughs> the United States. 
Wow. Okay. So many things there. Um, uh, I want to know though, when you say that, uh, you know, within 10 years, you want to establish yourself as a photographer. Um, how so? What, 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 what do you, what would you define as being an established photographer? Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step, and the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. I guess for me, established would be that I take pictures that people would want, right? So. My pictures are good enough in quality. You know, I can go out and take pictures and people are like, wow, those pictures are good. Um, she's a great photographer. I would love for her to take my picture. I guess that's, I feel like when I made it, you know, when I can share pictures that people want to see. So not that they'll want to see every picture. Maybe there's pictures that I like that they don't. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, artistic point of view, everybody has a different one. But um, if I can take portraits and people are like, wow, she is good at taking portraits. Um, I would like to hire her to take my portraits because her work, you know, is worth being hired. There's a local photographer down here. His name is uh, Rich Coleman. And he is a wedding photographer because everybody gets married at the beach, right? There's probably hundreds of wedding photographers down here. Mm -hmm. It's a very saturated market, like probably more so because it's a touristy place and everybody comes here to take pictures. Sure. Um, But his pictures are beautiful. They're local. They're beautiful. And I was like, wow, if I were to get married, which we've been together for 11 years, um, we're not married, but no, but in the event that we do, I would want him to be my photographer Mm. because the pictures that he takes are absolutely stunning. So one thing I did is I went around and looked at the local work um, photographers that do work around here in my area. And I'm like, well, what do I have to bring to the table? Right. So where do my pictures fare comparatively to other people's work? Um, Because if I can't do at least as good as what they're doing, right, then why people want to hire me over them? Hmm. Um, And I'm not trying to be better than anyone you know, that's not what I want. Um, but I would like to at least have quality work, right. That people want to buy. So, uh, I looked at all their pages and I'm like, okay, well that's, you know, my goal is to be at least that good, right. At least as good as some of the other photographers around here so that my work and me taking people's pictures and getting hired as a photographer, I'll have a chance. Um, so it's, I guess, you know, established i see so um i'm gonna ask a follow-up question to that um you wanted you looked at these other photographers to to see kind of where your work uh stacked up against theirs uh how are you how are you um 
judging their work, how, how did you know? Like, what was it that you were looking at to tell? They're, you know, this photo is better than mine or their photos are better than mine or I need to work on this. That's not really how I looked at it, though. Not like not so much that their photos are better than mine, mm -hmm. but I don't know how to put it. Just is their work quality? I, you know, I feel like I can look at a picture and be like, wow, that's a great picture. Right. So when I look at their pictures, do I think, wow. That's a great picture. You know, they did a really good job framing up the shot. The lighting is beautiful. Um, you know, when you zoom in on their faces, can you see them? Right? That matters because people have these really beautiful pictures on the beach. Um, and then you can't see their faces. You know? Yeah, so that's... if you were to say if you were to get a big print, right, to hang on uh, above your fireplace, you know, of on your wedding day, you know, you and your husband and your bridal party. Would you be able to see everybody's faces, right? That's important. Um, so I kind of just look at all of that, and it's not like, oh, my work is better than theirs. It's like, oh, you know, I don't like to think that I'm better. I feel like every picture I look at, I have something to learn, right? Like I can look at it and be like, you know, that was a really good job on the lighting. I wonder how they got that. And then I'm like, okay, how could I get that kind of lighting, you know? So okay, then when so I then, take pictures, I'm like, I saw a picture, you know, and the lighting was like this and I really liked it. How could I achieve that type of lighting mm -hmm. or, you know, frame up a shot in a way that, you know, gives off the same vibe? I see. So so the biggest gap that you saw between uh, other photographers work and your work is, would you say that it's it's mostly lighting? So I have no equipment at all. I don't have reflectors. I have No, no, no. Sorry, flash, sorry, sorry. Not 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 natural not lighting. flash. Yeah, no, I just mean uh overall how how light plays a role in an image. Would you say that that's the uh the biggest separator between other photographers work and your work or is it something else? Experience. I would say that's the biggest difference. But so I'm going to challenge you what like I because I think that we all we all understand that, you know, the more experienced that we are, we're going to have more technical abilities as well. Right. We're, we're just going to know more things about it. And then therefore your images should be better. But when, when when you took that time to study those other photographers work, um, then I want to know. What was it like? What was the conclusion that you came to? Because you said that, you know, within 10 years, you want to reach that level. What was the conclusion that you came to of what you need to work on in your images to be able to get to that point? Well, I haven't done it yet. So I haven't I haven't taken pictures at a wedding. I haven't taken portraits on the beach. Um, my kids have been my models. Mm -hmm. And I have a few friends where I'm like, please let me take pictures of your kids. <laughs> um, I just kind of reached out in my community and I was like, hey, look, I'm giving away free mini sessions, um, you know, five to seven edited images because I don't have a portfolio, really. My portfolio is only my kids. So the difference between them and me currently is that I just haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe my photos are that good, right? Maybe... Maybe I can produce quality work for other people. Maybe I can do that really beautiful shot on the beach of a wedding party, but I wouldn't know because I haven't done it. So I see. I don't feel confident enough to charge for my work. 
Um, some people are like, oh, well, you know, you're giving your time. Time is worth something. But I, I'm not ready for that yet. I don't feel like, I feel like my pictures are good enough. I feel like I produce pictures that are quality enough to be paid for. But I personally wouldn't feel good going in there knowing that maybe I won't get a good shot and charging them money. Mm -hmm. So when I feel like I can definitely get the shots that I want, then I'll charge for sessions. Um, I see. I see. But I just haven't done it. So truly, I just haven't done it yet. That's it. The difference between them and me is I haven't done it to learn from it. Because every time I go out to take pictures, I learn something. Right. Like today I learned about lighting and maybe perfect exposure wasn't what I wanted. I wanted it underexposed because it looked more, you know, more natural or whatever. Um, Just recently I took a picture of one of my friend's kids and he was quick. Wow. He was, my kids are older. They're not that quick. He's four (laughs) and he is so fast. And so I learned shutter speed, (laughs) how important it really is when you're, you know, and aperture too, uh, when they're moving so quickly, uh, manual focus, you know, maybe because they're so fast, you have to use autofocus because they are so incredibly quick. Um, so every time I go out, I learn something new. And I imagine when I do get to take those portrait pictures, I'll learn something new then too. But I won't know what I'll learn until I get out there and do it. So, you know. Yeah, that is always the next step is to actually get out and do it. And I think that can be uh, one of the hardest things to do because, uh, you know, especially uh, being a parent, having lots of extracurricular activities, it's always hard to find time to go out and shoot. Uh, So do you find that you uh, like to just uh, shoot your everyday life, like what your life is? Or do you are you the kind of photographer who needs to dedicate uh, time to, to go out and focus on, uh, learning photography. So every day I take a nap, I get up at five for work and I usually go till about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So in the middle of the day, I usually take about an hour nap Mm -hmm. and every day when I take my nap, I fall asleep to some kind of video about photography. I watch it for maybe 10 or 15 minutes and then I crash out. Um, I get up if I have minutes any minutes. So in the morning when I'm getting ready for work this morning, I was editing a picture because somebody was having trouble. I think on your page, actually, she was having a hard time. And um, she was like, I can't figure out how to get rid of this. So I spent you know, probably 40 minutes this morning editing her picture. Wow. Because she just wanted it done. And I was awake and I had minutes. I had minutes to spare. Um, I take my camera with me wherever I go. And I just kind of, if I see something the other day, my daughter, she was at um, Taekwondo. She's there for an hour. So I just walked around the area and I was like, what can I find? I didn't really find much, but I did find a, like a AC condenser fan, mm-hmm. you know, like the two big boxes mm-hmm. with the air conditioning units with the fans in it. And I was like, Hey, this would be fun to practice my shutter speed because the fan was moving really fast. Uh-huh. I was like, I wonder how fast my shutter speed has to be going to to stop the fan blade and um ended up with one three thousandths of a second real fast Um, but that was fun so it was fun to find you know to practice just that now when it uh, uh when it comes to photography and practicing uh i want to know uh do you go out with um 
Is it always that, uh, that, uh, 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 not happenstance, but I guess, it, do you go out and explore just to see what is there? Or do you ever go out with any sort of intention of, I'm going to practice this certain thing, uh, and we're going to see what we get after this? No. I never do that. <laughs> okay. So it's always, it's always like, I'm going to go out and just see, just see what, okay. So then, uh, knowing that, uh, when you go out, um, and you shoot, when you get back and finally look at all those photos, where technically do you think that, um, you struggle with most? There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. Framing up shots. And then also, still... Um, though I can switch between my shutter speed and everything pretty seamlessly without looking at the camera even. Sometimes I forget to change it, so I just forget. Uh. And then I go back and look at my pictures, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I didn't. Because I don't like shooting in live mode. I don't like it. Sure. I've noticed a lot of people do that. I don't like it at all, actually. Um, I like to look through the little little square. And so what I'm seeing, though, and what my camera's seeing are different. And so sometimes, like today, it was really bright and sunny. So I couldn't see my light meter mm -hmm. um, very well. And so it wasn't until I walked through, like, a shadier spot where I was like, oh, no. Like, my camera was really underexposed or overexposed. And I didn't catch it because I was looking through the square. So um, I think I saw it on one of your videos or maybe on a podcast, something about if you want to practice like aperture and shutter speed, looking through it on live view or live mode shows you exactly what your camera is seeing. Sure. And um, that's really helpful. But again, I don't like looking through live mode. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, I, I get it. I get it 100%. And when I was uh, still shooting with the DSLR uh, with uh, my Canon cameras, I would never do live mode as well. Unless I had to get something like over my head and uh, framing was important. But uh, yeah, it's just always much nicer. It feels like you're really in the moment when you're able to look through the viewfinder and uh, really focus on the photo. And unfortunately, sometimes uh, the settings aren't aren't always perfect. But, um, uh, you know, if uh, if in the future you make the switch to mirrorless, there is no the viewfinder is 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 an exact preview of what it is that you are going to see. So it's almost like live mode, but in the camera. But the disconnect that I always had with the DSLR is that because there's a mirror in it, it was always just too slow, like to take a photo. It always there was always just a bit of clunkiness to it. It, it took an extra moment. Uh, but because there's no mirror inside of a, a mirrorless camera, um, 
it is instant and uh, it is a much more enjoyable experience that you'll find, I think, uh, because you'll be able to see those immediate previews of, of what the image is going to look like. And uh, I, I have found that it has been a great teaching tool for a lot of new photographers, just being able to see how aperture is affecting your image or how ISO is, uh, uh, you know, affecting your image as well. Um, except there is always a disconnect when it comes to um, uh, the actual like what you see in the camera and then when you get it on a computer to edit because you know a lot of people are shooting in raw say but that live preview is going to show you whatever the um, the the color profile is within the camera. So it looks like nice and rich and vivid. And then you get it on the computer and you're like, this looks like garbage. It is so flat and boring, you know, because it's raw or or whatever. And I always hated that. But uh, um, I kind of went off on, uh, on, on a little bit of a thing there. So I apologize. Uh, when I want to go back to the framing thing, because um, you mentioned that in the email that you sent, you're like, framing is difficult. Uh, and then you just brought it up there as well. So um where do you where do you think it is hardest for you to frame? Is it that you're too far away or too close or just just strange things? Can you can you talk to me about that? I don't know. It's just when I get I feel like I'm just always cropping, 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 cropping. And I don't think there's anything wrong with cropping to get the image that you want, especially you took the image. Right. So why not? Sure. You know, if it's if you just want to cut something out of it, maybe it's crooked uh, and you want to straighten it like. But again, you know, I hope I hope to have prints that can be as big as people want them to be, as big as my camera will allow, which is, I think, 6,000 by 4,000 mm-hmm. uh, resolution or pixels. Um, so I, I want to get those pictures that I don't need to crop. And um, I think I just have to practice doing more of it, you know, instead of just like taking more consideration when I push the button instead of just snapping, snapping, snapping. Right. So being putting more thought into the shots that I'm taking versus, you know, (laughs) it's real easy with digital cameras to just take a hundred pictures or 600 pictures. Um, and not even consider like, Oh, I'll just go through them later, you know, pick out the good ones. But I think being more, you know, consider it when I push the button getting the shot that I want the first time instead of taking 500 pictures to get there. That's where I want to be. How do you get there? Practice, practice taking more pictures. Like, you know, today, that's kind of what I worked on today. I think I maybe came out with like 120 pictures, hour and a half. Um, But most of the pictures so far are pictures that I, framed up the shots nicely maybe the lighting was wrong or maybe i just decided i didn't like it but as far as like the shot that i wanted i got it because i put effort into getting the shot before i hit the button so it didn't take as many but i liked more of them overall yeah and it's always hard to work on everything all at once you know so uh to be able to just focus on that one thing i would consider that a win as well even if you know your other settings weren't technically perfect uh progress is progress in my book so uh i applaud you for that for sure uh now when when you are cropping in though uh are you doing things like uh trying to remove elements that maybe you didn't pay attention to while shooting or is it just those simple leveling the horizon and you know just making it uh a little bit um uh, cleaner of an image both 
currently. <laughs> currently, I'm doing both. But, you know, um, in my yard, I grow flowers so that I can attract bugs so that I can take their picture. I put so many flowers in my yards because I love I love all the bugs. Um, I love taking their picture. And so, but sometimes I'll have like the house next door, right? Or um, today there was, the, the azaleas are blooming now here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the bush with the little fuzzy bumblebee was in front of a building. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want the building in my picture. So how do I take a picture of this very quick moving little stinging bumblebee without getting the building? So I like got down on the ground and like, I don't know, angled it up mm-hmm. and I was able to get him like kind of from the side and, you know, then I didn't have the building. So I wouldn't need to crap it out because I like switched my angle. Um, switched your angle so that you just didn't see the building or switch your angle to better capture the bug? Switch the angle so that you didn't see the building. Okay, I see. I see. So, um, but you can still see the bumblebee too. You know, like yeah. you had to take both into consideration, right? Because I'm trying to get the bumblebee, but also I don't want to see the building. How do I, you know, achieve both of those goals? Yeah. Um, okay. So, so, so then let me ask uh, for that photo. Um, do, do you feel like you're going to crop into that photo just because bugs are are very small? You you want them larger in the frame? It depends on what it looks like. Or okay, okay, okay. So, so that photo that you took—I guess what I'm trying to get at here is: are you are you cropping in to get closer to the bugs, or are you cropping in because um, maybe you don't have a macro lens that uh, that can get close enough and focus on the bug? So today I use my 50 millimeter lens, mm-hmm. um, and I can get pretty close uh-huh. with that. Um, I don't think that I would need to crop like because I couldn't get close enough and I'm not really scared of the bumblebees either. So mm-hmm. I don't need a zoom lens because I'll get, you know, I'll get pretty close <laughs> uh, wasps, bees, like it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Um, mostly just cropping to get rid of the things that I wouldn't want to be there. Okay. So gotcha. know, the building in the background or, but I think today the picture of the bee that I would have gotten would be close enough to where I wouldn't need to crop to get closer because the bee would be in the middle of the frame, taking up the whole middle square. Like, you divide it into thirds, he would take up the whole middle square, mm. with the flower taking up the majority of the rest of the photo. Would, would you be able to share that photo? Mm. I mean, not right now at this moment, but I mean, like, would you be yeah. able to share it so that I can post it in the, uh, in the show notes? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah. cool, cool. I haven't looked at it yet, so I don't know how good it is, but <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's uh, that's the whole fun of photography, right? So um, I know that uh, that in the group you had uh, talked uh, several times, you know, things about lenses, things about lighting, um, these, these, these pieces of kit and gear that uh, can be overwhelming sometimes. Um, so let's talk about that for a moment, because uh, I remember um, I'm looking at it right now. Back in February, you had posted questions about uh, lenses, which ones to get. You, you know, there was still kind of some confusion there. Can you walk me through what, uh, uh, what the main confusion was and uh, if you made a decision? So there's a lot, there's a lot of lenses, <laughs> yes. um, you know, so I have a Canon, a Rebel T7, mine's actually a 2000D, but mm-hmm. it's the Rebel T7. Um, but if you just go on Amazon 
right? And you're like, lenses for the Canon, you know, T7. Good luck. Um, good luck, right? And then Google, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you get a lot of, get a lot of lenses that aren't Canon. Um, you know, they're not brand specific. So maybe they work for a lot of other cameras too. Um, off-brand names that you've never heard of. Um, and then if you try to go somewhere like Reddit, because I like going to Reddit for real people, right? Real people. A big collection of real people's comments about things. It's very easy. Um, so many different opinions about which lenses to get for what. So when I first, when I very first started, right? Um, I was like, okay, what lens do I use for what? Like, how do I, my camera came with the 18 to 55, but then it came with like mm -hmm. two lens adapters. I didn't even know they were lens adapters until I, <laughs> I think I posted in the group and somebody was like, Oh, those aren't even lenses. They're just, you know, they're like additions to your lenses. I'm like, Oh wow. I didn't even know that. Um, Oh, are these the, um, like they screw on, they screw on to the front of the lens. Is that it? They screw on to the 18 oh, to 55. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, so there's yes. a macro mm -hmm. and then a wide angle. And, um, so I'm like trying to figure out like what I use each one for, because there's three, right? My camera was a kit camera sure. and I came with three and I'm like, what do I use these for? So you try to Google like what lenses to use for what good luck. Yeah. Everybody has such a different opinion on what, you know, some people will tell you that a 50 millimeter lens is great for portraits, but then other people are like, Oh, 85 is essential. And then you have someone that's like, Oh, you know, what is it? A 23 mm. wide angle lens. They're like, Oh, that's my go-to. Like, that's what I use. And they're so just vast opinions on it. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, like if I was going to buy a lens, what would I buy? Because everybody's saying the kit lenses aren't great. Like invest in new lenses. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh no. Like if my kit lenses aren't great, like where do I start? Everybody says I need something different. I ended up buying the 50 and today I took just that out. I left everything else in the bag, in the car, because I did not want to switch lenses. I only wanted to play with that. So I guess I did have a purpose going out, right? I didn't know it till I got there, but my purpose was only to use that 50 millimeter lens in, you know, every shot that I took today was only with that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's just the overwhelming amount of information, like what, lens to use for what but now i realize you can use any lens for anything yep. it just depends on kind of what you're going for so but since i got the 50 it's you know kind of stayed on my camera yeah the uh the 50 is a wonderful uh first lens for sure to uh and it can just help you uh uh you know learn so much i remember though like i straight up remember I, I still know exactly where I was and the, the feeling of confusion that I had in my head. Uh, and this was after I had went through film school trying to figure out because I, I also had the uh, kit lens for my first digital camera and trying to figure out like, why do people buy a 50 millimeter, you know, prime lens when the kit lens goes to 50 millimeter and more like it's yeah. more versatile. Like why huh? would people buy that? Um, and it's just, uh, you know, it's just a whole world of, uh, of confusing, uh, things I know in the beginning. So, uh, yeah, but it is, it That's is it though, right? Yeah. yeah. Like why buy a 50 millimeter? Mine's 18 to 55. And then I have, 50, yeah. you know, why buy like a 23 or whatever when 18 to 55, right? Like mm. I can get the focal length I want in there, but it's not the same, is it? It's not the same. <laughs> so, no, no. <laughs> um, so where are you and at being, now with, with lenses? Because, you know, now you got the 50. Um, is there is there still confusion? Is there anything that I can help you with uh, that maybe is burning inside of you? 
So I haven't, um, so there was a little bit of an adjustment, right? I have to be a lot farther away with the 50 than I did with my 18 to 55. Yep. Um, I didn't know what I was going to get when I got my 50. I'm like, okay, everybody says this lens is a good lens. So let's order that. <laughs> so I did. And I got it. The first time I went to take pictures with it, I was so excited. I was, I was like, I got my new lens. I'm going to go take pictures. I put it on my camera and I was lost. I was like, <laughs> I couldn't get it to focus. Um, manually to save my life mm -hmm. i just couldn't i don't know i don't know what was happening and um at the end of the day i felt so darn defeated i was like man i'm not even cut out for this like why should i even bother picking up my camera anymore <laughs> i was having like, one of those moments you know and then uh two days later i picked it up again and i was like okay i'm gonna own this thing today like today's the day this lens and me we're gonna become acquainted and i'm gonna get good pictures and i did and i took it out and i took lots of pictures um, and it was just, you know, being far away enough to get the picture I wanted because I didn't really have that. I would just zoom in and out with my 18 and 55. Um, and now you got to zoom out with your feet and you got to get real far back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is real. Especially right if you're taking pictures of people, you know, you have to be a lot farther than actually I just got a backdrop and, um, a backdrop stand. And so I set it up in the living room and I was like, I'm going to take pictures of my, little one right so i hung up the backdrop that i had and tried to take pictures of her in my living room but my living room isn't wide enough for me to use yeah. the 50 millimeter lens yep. so i had to switch to the 1855 which was kind of disappointing because i knew i knew the aperture that i wanted i was not going to be able to get for my kit lens mm. um so you know that was fun <laughs> and it was dark so i needed a tripod but you know even with a tripod, kids not very move. small, but yeah, <laughs> kids move. It was yeah. dark, so well. You know, so then, um, uh, okay. So so you, so you had switched to the uh, the standard lens for that, and um, at the end of the day, like, are you uh, are you happy that you did it, or are you upset at the uh, at the quality of the photos? The ones that I took in front of the, the other night. Mm -hmm. I was not happy at all. <laughs> uh, it was very dark. So, um, but I still just could not get the pictures that I wanted. So yeah, yeah. gotta get a flash. It's uh, that's it, my next, that's the next purchase. My next huh? purchase. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, uh, it's tough because, um, even though there are tools that we can use, like raising up our ISO or, um, you know, slowing down our shutter speed or, or trying to open up our uh, aperture as much as we can, it still doesn't, unfortunately, change the uh, the quality of light. Like it may increase the quantity of light that is able to come in, but it doesn't inc in increase the quality of light. And that is a... Uh, that was very difficult for me to uh, to understand for a long time um, until I until I got a flash. So I think that that being your next purchase is really going to help. Um, but Canon also makes, which actually uh, you are seeing me on this lens right now, is a 24 millimeter f 2.8 lens, and it's a prime lens. That's what it is. 24, not 23. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, on Fuji, it's 23. So I understand. But um, uh, yeah, they have the 24 millimeter f 2.8 lens. And I think that it's about the same price as the 50 uh, 1.8. And um, I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. Like it works and it has like auto. Actually, I turn on manual. Oh, no, it is still on autofocus and stuff. And uh, uh, just an old camera. Uh, but it's wonderful. And it would definitely help you out in situations like that and still allow in more light than uh, than the than the standard kit lens. So 
if you're if you're confused, I would I would recommend that one and say uh, add that one to the uh, to the wish list, um, and maybe pick that up after, in there. after the flash. Yeah, exactly. And th- yeah, because then it becomes like, well, how many things do I need to have? Like, how how much stuff do I have to have to be able to take a photograph that I'm happy with? And uh, trying to keep that amount of gear low is uh, is only going to help make you a better photographer in the long run. Because if you just buy all the gear up front uh, and you have access to everything. I found, because uh, like an idiot, that's exactly what I did. Had the 16 to 35, 24 to 70, 70 to 200. I felt so um, bored in photography just because it was like, just because there were so many options, you know? Uh, whereas if you only have, you know, two, three lenses um, and you know how to work them well, then I find that my creativity uh, goes goes through the roof, uh, specifically with uh, with prime lenses that, uh, that don't zoom. So... I don't know, but we all got to figure that out on our own. You know what I mean? Um, But I do want to ask, because uh, uh, photography is very much a a, a creative pursuit, um, which means that we are creating something, right? Something is in our head. We have this idea. We use this tool in our hands, and we are able to create something. But sometimes we need help. We need help help figuring out what it is that we want to shoot um, in the form of inspiration. So um, where do you find inspiration for the photos that you take? don't i'm not sure i don't really you know today today i was like i have about an hour and a half to spare uh-huh. i need to go out and take pictures because i don't have that much time usually mm-hmm. <laughs> i just don't um maybe limited time is my inspiration because uh-huh. i only have so much that i can actually go out and practice and i never know what it's going to be so Today, when I after I dropped her off at school, I was like, okay, I have about an hour and a half to play with. Like, where can I go? I was like, okay, I'll go downtown. What am I going to take pictures of? I have no idea. So I just walked around and everything that I that looked interesting, I took a picture of. And then, you know, I figured I'll sort through them later. <laughs> um, and that's kind of, you know, my kids, if I'm taking a picture of, of them, they're like, hey, guys, want to do a photo shoot? You know, they're like. Yeah. Usually they're like, no, (laughs) mom, please don't make me do this again. Um, Every once in a while, though, they say yes, and they're excited. And then we go out and we get really good shots. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually they say no. The other night when I was taking pictures of my little one, she did not want anything to do with that. She was like, oh, she said yes, enthusiastically. But then when it came down to actually doing it, she was like, oh, Oh, no, Um, kids. So. I don't really have my inspiration is just wanting to be better. I guess yeah, yeah. I want to be better. I want to take better pictures. I want to take pictures that I'm happy with. You know, not that they need to be compared to anybody's, but to, to me in my head, I have an idea of what I'm trying to achieve. And, um, though I'd like to take portraits, you know, for financial gain at some point when I feel like I, you know, feel comfortable charging people. Um, my ultimate goal is to travel and do landscapes and macro photography on little bugs um, yeah. and flowers. And I like getting in as close as possible um, and getting like every little detail that you can't usually see with your eyes uh, either because you don't want to get that close, like to little bumblebee, you know, they're a little fuzzy um, or wasps or, you know, you wouldn't want to get that close. Most people anyways. Yeah. Me, um, not me but I don't mind getting that close. And I like 
how when the picture is finished, I can see all of those things. And I have bad eyes, so I'm wearing glasses. But even with my glasses on, I still can't see great. Um, I also find when I'm trying to look through the little square, I usually take my glasses off, which isn't helpful (laughs) (laughs) focus-wise, but um, I can see better without them. How do you manage that? How do you manage taking pictures with glasses? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a solid question. Um, so uh, I hope that it helps you to know that uh, when uh, the, the the T7 is considered an entry level camera, and therefore the uh, the viewfinder is 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 a fair bit smaller than it would be on something like a full frame camera um, or more of a professional grade camera. It's like twice the size. It's it's much larger on a uh, on a larger camera. So that helped, right? Because I had to upgrade to um, more of a professional body once I started shooting weddings. Um, but then um, Fuji uh, uses approximately, it's close, I think it's point, um, 0.78% uh, magnification, whereas a full-frame camera is probably going to have a one-to-one magnification. So it's like, imagine the, the viewfinder being the size of a, a piece of film, right? That's like, that's huge. That's large that you, that you can look at. So um, it becomes less of an issue as, uh, as you, as you get more of a, a, uh, professional grade camera, I guess, you know, so just look out for that. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're not going to be lost forever. Cause uh, I, I, I thought the same thing. And especially because, uh, in, um, entry level cameras, the, I think that the, 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 the mirror that you're looking through or the glass that you're looking through just also isn't as clear. I believe that there's a lot more light, um, restriction when you look through it than there is, uh, with the more professional grade cameras. So just know that it will get better, uh, when it is time for you to, uh, to upgrade. It's going to be like a, uh, uh, a huge difference shooting with glasses. So you can look out for that, but otherwise you just gotta, you just gotta ride it out for the time being and just, uh, just hope for the best really, unfortunately, or, you know, unless you wanted to, um, uh, I don't know, use the, uh, I've seen some people hook up the, uh, like the, the Canon app <laughs> and then just mount it to the hot shoe of their camera so that they can always see what's going on. But, uh, that's not my style of photography. And I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, assuming after our conversation, here, that's not yours either. <laughs> not yours. Um, I want to know though, in, in, let's say a hundred years from now, right? You, 10 years from now, you become the photographer that, that, that you were envisioning yourself to be right now. A hundred years from now, People find your photos, right? They're, they're just looking through your photos. How do you want those people to feel when looking at your, at your images? Free. Like I, on my little sandbar, I have felt very trapped. And so in nature, I feel free, right? And so that's probably why I like taking pictures of nature the most. I feel free. Um, happy. I feel happy. When I see bumblebees and flowers and water that's not my beach or sound, um, rivers and streams and lakes, like they're naturally beautiful. And, um, so I hope, I hope to share that with the world. You know, I hope that I can share the natural beauties of the world. So how do you get there? 
I have to go to the places. I have to go there. But I'm going to practice around here first because I'm yeah. kind of stuck here. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Yes, that is uh, that is that is the theme for sure. That, that ten thousand shots, right? Oh man, it's so many more than that. I promise you, it is. Uh, uh, I wish that it was just ten thousand shots. At least for me, it was closer to like uh, probably a hundred thousand shots before. I don't I was even know really... how you would calculate that. Yeah. Uh, well, um, uh, the camera tracks. Uh, <laughs> like the uh, the shutter count of the camera so you know you could just add it up over time but uh, i guess that hundred thousand shots have to look yeah i guess that's more of just a uh, an internal feeling it's probably more than a hundred thousand but uh for many others, it's closer to 10,000 i'm also very indecisive sometimes when it comes to shooting uh so I'll think that I like something while I shoot it and then I get it back on the computer and I'm like, no, I actually hate all of this. Uh, and it's not necessarily the, the quality of the, of the image or anything like that. It's just, um, uh, I don't know. I just, I just changed my mind. Like, why did I even shoot this? Like, this doesn't even make sense. And then I just don't like it anymore. So, uh, again, hopefully that, uh, will be much shorter for you and 10,000 will be, uh, uh, a, a more of an appropriate number. Um, I want to uh, transition a little bit and know more about uh, you and your um, how you found the group, because, um, uh, you know, we are the, the group continues to grow and um, people say that it is, you know, uh, one of their favorite communities for photographers. But uh, I want to hear your opinion because you're very active in the group. Um, so you must you must feel a certain way about it. So I listen to podcasts when I'm watering flowers. <laughs> Unless like the birds are chirping and it's a beautiful day, then I'll listen to them instead. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for the most part, I listen to something, whether it's a book or a podcast. Here lately, it's just exclusively podcast. And that's how I found yours. So I was like, well, I am spending all my time learning about photography, YouTube videos, websites. Like if I have five minutes, that's what I'm doing. Um, but I'm also on the road a lot. So, you know, like I said, I go to a lot of sports. I'm back and forth. I have, you know, I'm at work. Um, there's an hour between each sport. Usually I'm, maybe I'm stuck in the car or um, just I'm always on the go. And podcasts for learning really work for me for that reason. So I just typed into Spotify, you know, photography podcast, and I ended up on yours. And I listened to the first two episodes and I was like, okay, like his voice doesn't annoy me, uh, you know, <laughs> podcasts because it. No, you know, right? Like some podcasts, you get on them and you're like, man, I cannot listen to these people talk for an hour. Um, so I was like, okay, his voice is nice. Like I could listen to this. Um, I'm going to keep listening. Like he's interesting. He's funny. Um, then I just kept listening. And then all of a sudden I'm 10 episodes in and I'm like, okay, I like this. Then I found some of your YouTube videos and I started watching those and I just kept listening. I just finished the one on um, ethical photography mm. the other day, actually, mm -hmm. which I think? really enjoyed. Yeah, I loved that. Um, I had never thought about that before. So it was really interesting to think, you know, kind of like how you were asking. It came to mind when you asked about what you would want people to see in 100 years. Um, and I that podcast came to mind, like ethical photography, what you want people to see in your pictures, you know, being intentional. and um you know, just taking pictures with a purpose, yeah. like not, not putting negative juju into the world, I guess. So how did you, how did you find the group? Through the podcast. Right, well, At the yeah, end of the podcast. I, guess, I mean, uh, you know, you heard about it on the podcast, but then uh, you came in, I guess I meant, um, how did, uh, how did you, uh, uh, 
how did you find the group to be like, how, how did you like the group? I, I oh, really um, phrased that pretty poorly. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that. So I joined the group and I just kind of lurked for a little while, you know, reading what everybody, what everybody else is saying till I felt comfortable enough to post my own question and everybody was supportive and helpful, which is nice. You don't always get that in a group on the internet. Um, especially, especially Reddit, kind of yeah. brutal world out there. And, uh, I liked it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be active, you know, and I like, I know things now. So I feel like I'm able to help people. So mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to help people when they have a question that I, you know, I can answer. I like that people ask questions. I like that people post their work. I like that you can post your work and ask for criticism. And it's all very technical. Um, of course, it's subjective, right? Because maybe I meant for the picture to be underexposed or, you know, but it's nice that you can post your own pictures to be criticized so that you can grow. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the goal growing. Have you found so that like the, the, the constructive criticism has been the most beneficial part uh, of the group for you or is it, or is it something else? I don't think I've posted that many things to be criticized, but mm-hmm. I learn a lot from other people's criticisms. Ah. Um, you know, people post their pictures and then, I just look at them and, you know, read all the comments and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I see what they're saying here with the lighting or, you know, maybe they should have got lower down on the ground or left this part out. So yeah, just learning through other people's criticisms too is really helpful because, you know, often we look at pictures, but even there's a lot of people that put out pictures and, Maybe the pictures are something good for them, but maybe they're not great pictures overall. Yes. Um, but you wouldn't go on and technically, you know, like in a technical way, criticize their picture that they posted because it would be unkind if they mm-hmm. didn't ask for it. So you see a lot of pictures. It just makes you be able to view other people's work differently too, right? Mm-hmm. And my own. So I can look at my own and be like, oh, that, you know, that lighting wasn't great or I didn't frame up that shot good because I have, you know, I'm able to lurk through everybody else's post and see all these criticisms. And, you know, I'm able to take that advice as well. Yeah. Is there anything that you learned in the group that you wish that maybe you learned earlier in your photography journey? All of it, really. <laughs> <laughs> using live view Uh, using live view if i would have known that when i first picked up my camera for the very first time if i would have known that i could have understood aperture easily by just turning on live view right and turning the knob like boy would that have made me understand better like of course (laughs) and everybody talks about um exposure triangle for some reason that was always really confusing for me they're like exposure triangle exposure triangle and even after i learned it i understand why it's called the exposure triangle but for whatever reason the terminology is just confusing to me yeah um there's no exposure triangle button on your camera or or in yeah. the new setting yeah of course. it's just it's just the three settings working together and all of the charts that they put out for that they're like oh here's a chart for the exposure triangle i'm looking at that and i'm like what? Like, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't make any sense to me. It looks, it looks foreign. Like I'm not, and I get it. I get it. Like I understand what each one does. I understand when I look at the chart, like, okay, you know, when it shows shutter speed and it shows the little guy running, right? Mm-hmm. Like I get that it's 
freezing the action, but somehow they're all supposed to work together on this chart. Yeah. And that chart doesn't make sense to me at all. So every time I would see it, people are like, oh, you need to learn this exposure triangle. And I'm thinking like, they must be referring to this chart that I don't understand because I, you know, I know how to work shutter speed. I know how, to, well, like, why are they telling me to learn this chart? It doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, that exposure triangle, like it's just the three terms together, yeah. working together in harmony to get a crisp shot <laughs> that you're going for. Um, you know, maybe it's just me. Sometimes I feel no. like it takes me a little while to understand things. So maybe a little longer than other people. Like I need the information to click a certain way. So your podcast was probably the 37th podcast I'd listened to. Other people explained it in lots of other ways. And for whatever reason, yours was the one that clicked. Like I understood it. So, um, and then once I got it, everything else made sense. Like all mm. the information that I had learned. Um, so yeah, just using live view, like, oh, hey, I need to learn how to use aperture and shutter speed and all of these things. Well, mainly just aperture and um, ISO, I guess. Yeah. It wouldn't help much for shutter speed. But, you know, hey, I need to learn how to use aperture and ISO. Like, okay, use live view. Like, that's the easiest way to truly understand right away what your settings are doing. So easy. <laughs> you know, uh, I was going to ask, uh, what is... Uh... Now that you have some experience in photography, uh, what advice would you give somebody who's like brand new to photography today? But uh, that sounded like a pretty Thank solid you. recommendation. Yeah. Is there anything else? Um, take pictures of things you don't want to take pictures of, you know, like don't always just take pictures of the things that you want to take pictures of. Right. Because, you know, if I only took pictures of flowers and bumblebees, I've, you know, I have 40,000 pictures on my iPhone. 10,000 <laughs> of those are probably bumblebees and flowers. Um, I have lots of pictures of those things. And though they aren't the quality that my camera produces, um, if I didn't, if I didn't put myself into different situations in photography, I wouldn't learn anything new. Mm -hmm. So I can't grow by only taking pictures of bumblebees and flowers, right? Mm -hmm. I had to go out and take pictures today. I took pictures of a bridge. Um, you know, I took it from three different angles, which angle was the best angle, you know, um, the light was hitting it in different ways and it was, you know, there's probably about a 45 minute different time and it was kind of early. So the sun hadn't all the way risen yet. And, you know, the way light works, right? Like if you're not natural light, I don't really like artificial light. Who knows if I'll ever get in a studio and take pictures that way, because I'm not sure that's for me. I really like natural lighting. Um, but how the light works, right? How does it affect your pictures when you're taking it? I took a picture through the trees today. Um, there was a flower. It was on a bush. It was through the trees. Like the flower was here. The sun was up here. Well, I could see it through the viewfinder. But when I took the picture at one angle, it completely blew out the picture. Um, so then I got down a little more. Then it made really pretty sunspots on the picture. So, you know... Figuring out how the light works for you and not against you. Um, if you never took pictures other than what you wanted to take pictures of, you wouldn't be able to figure that out, I don't think. Wouldn't yeah. be able to get that experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that is a uh, it's a lifelong practice. You know, that is something that uh, that you're going to work with forever. I mean, 
I hope to always find a situation in which I am surprised by my camera or, or see something new and interesting because I feel like once I lose that, like once it just all becomes like, I know exactly what I'm about to achieve here. Um, it can lose its, uh, uh, fun and it can lose its, uh, I don't know, magic, I guess. So, uh, I love that. Um, Sheila, I know that we are uh, at the end of our time here. So before I let you go, uh, listeners know that they can find you in the group. Where else can we see, uh, find out more about you and maybe some of your work? Uh, so far only on Facebook. I Castle Color Photography is my Facebook page. And that's it for now. I will have an online album or gallery where you could buy prints, but it's not live yet. So just Castle Color, Color Photography on Facebook. Perfect. Uh, Sheila, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, being vulnerable, sharing, uh, you know, your journey uh, with listeners. And I honestly look forward to keeping up with you and your uh, photography here in the future. I'll definitely be on the group. <laughs> Remember, this Community Spotlight series is all about you and the supportive beginner photography podcast community. Now, if you would like to be a part of this supportive community, we would love to have you. You can find a direct link to the group in the show notes or just by simply heading over to beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. That's beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. Thank you again so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. And remember, the more that you shoot today, the better of a photographer you will be tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week.